Blog Talk Radio.
welcome. Thank you for joining us. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a Reiki master and certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, the chat room is open, so feel free to join in the discussion that's already in progress right now. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, post it. And we will do our best to get your question on air. And I say that because there are times when, for some reason, I cannot access the the uh, the person in the chat room and I can kind of see the question, but sometimes they don't follow through and I don't get the whole question. So we do our best to, to get you on air. And if you find that you really have a question that you want to ask and you it's not being answered through the chat room, you can certainly give us a call at 347 202 0227 and you can listen via phone as well or use bluetooth if you're driving about if you can't be near a computer why is it that more of us do not dare to dream and why don't we dare to do whatever we can to fulfill our deepest desires what is it that keeps us from doing the things we really want to do that's our topic for tonight. My guest is Mark Allen, author of The Magical Path, which we will be discussing tonight. Mark is an internationally renowned seminar leader, an entrepreneur, author, and composer. He co-founded New World Library with Shakti Gawain in 1977, and he's guided the company as president and publisher from a small startup to its current position as a major player in the independent publishing world. He leads seminars in Northern California, offers online teleseminars that reach people all over the world, and he's written several books, including The Greatest Secret of All, The Millionaire Curse, Visionary Business, and there are just so many more. And he's also recorded several albums of original music, including Breathe, Petals, Quiet Moments, Solo Flight, and his latest Awakening, and you can learn more about him and his work at www.markallen.com or www.newworldlibrary.com. Good evening, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you being this evening? Fine. Good evening, T. It's great to be on your show. I love your show. Oh, thank you so much. You know, you were on two years ago when we spoke about your book, The Greatest Secret of All, and I, I'm just so grateful that you're taking time to come back and join us again tonight. I know how busy you are, and you're doing so much, and this is truly a, a treat for all of us here. <laughs> Actually, I'm not that busy. <laughs> when, you, when you read all uh, all the things I've done over the years, it sounds like so much, but actually I'm pretty lazy and uh, totally undisciplined. I mean, I have nothing else to do for the rest of the day. It's 3 o'clock here. I don't have any plans whatsoever, so my schedule is wide open. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's because of the magic in your life, you know. And right. I love that you refer to it as magic. You know, I believe life is magical, and, and all of us possess a certain type of magic that's necessary to create the life of our dreams, as do you. And you state that immediately in your book when you write that your book is a course in real magic. And I'm right there with you. I mean, I've had people say to me, really, T, magic? And I say, yeah, it really is. You just, you know, you have to believe. And, you know, magic is real. Is it not? <laughs> yes. As, even as a kid, I remember uh, pondering and, and really wondering about it. And finally, maybe as a teenager, coming to the point where I, I knew there was real magic. I knew stage magic is fake, just a bunch of tricks. And most of the fiction about it, of course, is just fantasy. But I knew there was real magic, and I wanted to find out what it was. 
and you did that well, and you've written about it. So it's uh, and I think it's coming at a wonderful time. People are looking for something right now to hold on to, and what they don't realize is they already possess it. It just they don't have to look very far. But through your book, with all that it offers, anybody can do this. This is so easy. All you have to really know how to do is read. Right. The older I get, the simpler I see it. You, and it is simple. And I even say, you don't even have to call it magic. Call it what you will. The words aren't important. But there is a way to create what we want in our lives. There's a simple way to do it. We can do it. Call it what you will. You can call it the power of prayer, if that works for you. You can call it creative visualization. If you're a business-oriented person, you can call it strategic planning. Right. (laughs) Call it what you will. The words are not important. The whole idea is to clearly envision what you want in life and start taking the first few steps toward that and then deal with all the doubts and fears that inevitably arise and all the apparent obstacles that inevitably come up when we dare to dream an expansive dream. But I really liked what you started with and put on your website. You know, Most people don't even dare to dream. And mm-hmm. why don't we? It's because of fear. Most people right. fear failure. Every successful person will tell you there's nothing to fear in failure. There's nothing to fear. You may fail along the way if you have an expansive dream, but you just pick yourself up and keep on going, and you learn a lot from that failure. It's not. It doesn't have to stop you. It's just another stepping stone on your way. And it's interesting because you've said a couple of times it really is simple. It's not just simple, though. There are a lot of things that are simple that aren't easy. This is easy, too. It's very easy to do. Yes, yes. If you keep affirming like I have for 35 years that everything is done in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way, for the highest good of all. Mm -hmm. I say one paragraph in my book, The Magical Path, about there is a dark side of magic. Some people fear magic because there are some people that use it in a negative way. They Mm -hmm. use it to hurt other people. I say those people don't understand karma. Those people are ignorant and stupid, and they end up hurting themselves because whatever we do goes back to us. If we intend to hurt someone, we just are hurting ourselves. So we don't even go there with magic. We just keep affirming that everything is for the highest good of all, and then we're in that wonderful, positive, expansive plane of of white magic, wonderful, effective magic. And it's interesting, too, because when you think about, you know, the people who may do things in a negative way, it, it does affect them. It does hurt them because we are all connected. We are all part of each other, whether we want to be or not. So why would you do something to hurt someone else when you're actually doing it to that person and it's hurting you? Yes, exactly. It really does. It's all karma. Whatever we do to anyone else, we if if we help them, we... We're healed by the consequences. If we hurt them, we're hurt by the consequences. Right. Now, you refer to your own growth your own growth as a magical path in the introduction of your book. And just so to, the listeners will have some background, would you mind giving our listeners a, a quick overview of that? Yeah. I, I wandered around in my 20s. I had an important piece of the puzzle from a young age. I knew it was important to do what I loved. I knew I needed to ignore my father and not study business and go into a big corporation like my oldest brother. That 
that's what my dad you know wanted i i knew just in my heart that i needed to do what i loved so i did what i loved through my 20s and i was a musician and an actor and then a spiritual seeker i spent time at a zen center but i got kicked out for breaking the rules and and it was way too disciplined for me and but i wandered through my 20s i did what i loved but i had no idea how to be successful doing what i loved or interest in it really and then it was really the day i turned 30 that completely changed my life i woke up in a state of shock i realized i wasn't a kid anymore somehow through my 20s it was cool to be a total poverty case spiritual artist or whatever i identified myself as but turning 30 this inner voice said you're not a kid anymore you're 30 what are you doing with your life and that's the day i sat down and that's the day all of this started i even had the image in my late 20s that everything i'd learned was like sand through my hand leaving me with nothing and that's why i was totally broke uh, a word i will no longer ever use don't ever say you're broke because subconsciously you're telling yourself that something is broken right <laughs> uh, you may have a, a temporary cash flow shortage but you never don't ever say you're broke but uh, i woke up at 30 i had no job i had no money at all no family support and i spent the day wandering up and down in my little slum apartment in oakland california this cheap little apartment and uh, that's the day that changed my life. And I did one thing that started it all, that's in the magical path. Mm-hmm. It's in the greatest secret of all, too. I paced up and down. And then I remembered in my early 20s, I tried a back-to-the-land experiment that was a disaster for four or five cold and rainy months. And uh, But I remembered one night during that time, we were sitting around a fire, and this one couple said, Let's play a game we play at church camp. Let's imagine five years have passed and everything has gone as well as you could imagine. What would your life look like? And we all went around the fire and we all spoke. I don't remember a word of what I said then. And I've really tried to remember. What did I say? I don't remember a thing. So it had no impact on my life at all. But the day I turned 30, I remembered that. But this time, I took a sheet of paper. And I sat down and wrote ideal scene in big words, and then I filled that sheet of paper. And it just amazed me what came out. I wrote, I have a successful publishing company. I'd had no interest in business. <laughs> and he, I even had all these conflicting beliefs about money and about corporations. And th- and I wrote, and I, I published my own books. I've never written a book. And my own music. I'd played all my life, but I'd never recorded. And I have a big white home on a hill in Marin County, California, the most beautiful place I'd ever driven through north of San Francisco. At the time, I had a slum apartment in Oakland. And I remember my doubts and fears just kept rushing in immediately. I even remember exactly what they said. They said, way too much, Mark. You want to start a company and write books and do music and get into real estate. Way too much. Just pick one thing and focus on that. Our doubts and fears can be very reasonable and rational Mm -hmm. sometimes, but there's still doubts and fears. I knew whatever I picked, my doubts and fears would start undermining that. You know, you start a business, you never took a course. You know nothing about it. 
You have no money. But, but whatever I picked, my doubts and fears would have undermined it. But I just, I said, go away, doubts and fears. Look, I'm doing this exercise of imagining my ideal. And then I even dared, when I thought through my ideal, I dared add something that's really affected my life. I, when I dared dream my ideal, I thought, and I want a life of ease as well. I don't want to work too hard. I want to own a successful company, but I don't want to work 40 hours a week. I had mm-hmm. a few 40-hour-a-week jobs. I did not like them. I thought that was inhumane. I want plenty <laughs> of... So I wrote my ideal. I have plenty of time to myself to do nothing, plenty of time to sleep late, play music. My doubts and fears said, impossible. To start a company and work only when you feel like it, impossible. But I dealt with those doubts and fears. I got around them by saying, let, let me try this as an experiment to go for my dreams, but to do it in my own lazy and undisciplined way. They said, it'll never work. I said, look, if it doesn't work, I'll be no worse off than I am now. I was totally broke. So even my doubts, you know, didn't even have a job. So even my doubts and fears had to agree with that. Yeah, (laughs) can't get too much worse. I said, okay, so give me a year or two to try to try this experiment. And that's how I got around them at first. <laughs> and so now it does, it, it has gotten very simple for me. It really is just a matter of daring to dream and then dealing with the fears that come up, dealing with those doubts. And there are many different ways of dealing with them, and I touch on a whole lot of them through mm, this. Absolutely. Yeah, you do. And, and in, in the introduction, you actually write as well that the magical path is a short path, and it's a direct path to success as you choose to define it. You, what do you mean by a direct path? I heard the phrase, the direct path, in my early 20s, first associated with Tibetan Buddhism. They they claimed it was the direct path. and I, even, I spent three and a half years at a Tibetan center in Berkeley trying to figure out what they meant by direct path. And after three and a half years, I felt I hadn't taken the first step on it, you know. So mm-hmm. I left there. But I just knew I'm impatient, I'm an American, I don't want to do something disciplined for 20 years or for a year before I see results. I I want immediate results. And I found them in Western magic, in this little book I found. I first found the book when I was 21, but I didn't really realize the power of it till my early 30s. It was called The Art of True Healing by Israel Rigardi. It's so good. I condensed the whole book. In fact, I have almost the entire book in my book, The Magical Path, because it's really short. Uh But it has this simple meditation. He calls the middle pillar meditation that I started doing regularly. And the reason I did it, because I did it flat on my back. I'm so lazy. I mean, I'm too lazy to sit up and (laughs) meditate. I tried that at the Zen Center, and then when I left, I found... I just didn't do it. I just didn't sit up and meditate. I wanted to lie flat on my back in my favorite yoga posture, the corpse posture, which yeah. is just flat on your back, arms at your sides, palms up. Shavasana. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. And the, so that, to this day, that's what I do quite often. It's one of the few things I've been real consistent with. I, I take a break. Half the time I fall asleep, but the other half, I have a wonderful meditation, and I'm just laying flat on my back. And 
for the middle pillar, all you do is just imagine a warm, healing light at the top of your head. And then you imagine that slowly dropping down and filling your whole head with healing, warm, wonderful light. And then you imagine it dropping down and filling your heart and lungs and chest with healing light. And then dropping down, filling all of your digestive organs, your whole third chakra then moving down to your pelvis and filling all your sexual organs with healing light, then moving down, down through your thighs and down out your feet. And then as you inhale, you can bring it up through your middle pillar, the center of your body. And as you exhale, let it shower over you, this healing, healing light. The first time I did that exercise, I felt its benefits. And that was when I was 21, and when I was 21, I was in the worst health of my life. I had just left college. I had done way too many stimulants in college. I started mm-hmm. with little pills as a freshman and graduated up to crystal methadrine by my, oh my junior goodness. and senior year. Uh, horrible. And I had to take mm-hmm. more and more and more and more. Sure. And it was really bad for my health. I know I, I had yellow bands across my eyeballs and... I, I couldn't w- walk down a flight of stairs even without pausing because my heart was racing so bad, and it was horrible. Ugh. You know, no one ever said a word about it. we It's amazing to me the things we did not discuss in mm-hmm. high school, college, that are really important in one's life, you know, like health and, like, your your energy and the power of your thoughts and all that stuff we never, ever touched on. So I was in terrible health when I found that book. And the first time I did that middle pillar meditation, I remember I got up afterwards, I felt healed. I felt much lighter. I felt physically lighter, almost like walking on air. Mm -hmm. My heart rate had slowed way down. I'm sure my blood pressure had dropped. No, I'm sure. And I, and I just knew, oh, this is great for me physically. All all through the book, and there's so many different things I say. It's like a vast buffet. Just pick what you like. You don't have to read it straight through and do everything at all. Just roam around in it. The important stuff is in bold. Just grab hold of something and do what appeals to you and see what the results are. I I never had to come to believe in any of this. I never had to make a leap of faith of any kind. I just had an open mind, and I tried these things. And I could see and feel the results in my life very quickly. And I think anyone could if they actually, I mean, you can pick and choose what you want to do in the book. And you've written it so that there are actual exercises or specific techniques that can be very easily incorporated into a daily life. I mean, anyone really can do this. It's not like you have to make a practice of, I have to do it at 12 o'clock every day or at 3 o'clock. You can incorporate a lot of them. And as you said, the important things are in bold. And what struck me was, all the things that are in bold, and I thought I should type these up and put them on cards, and then I said, no, I'll just tell Mark to do it, and he can sell decks of cards with these important things right now. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, it, it's a good idea. Them, I put most of them right in the back of the book, too. The the last yeah. 30 pages are most of the bold things repeated. Yes. 
and I don't know whether to call them mantras or you, it's the appendix to magical passages, as you say. And, yeah. you know, it's funny because if you just open it up and, you know, how sometimes you'll pick up a book and open it up and you'll read just the bold part. It's right. inevitably what you need at that moment. Yes. Inevitably. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the um, when you talk about the direct path to, to to success as you choose to define it, that would be as I choose to define it, you're referring to our ability to create our life through our thoughts and our visions by really staying focused on them. And that involves a lot of faith and trust because I think you're a unique individual in that you are able to do that. This certainly, this is like one of those commercials. This is not the, you know, the typical, <laughs> the typical thing here, you know, um, but, but I think it is true that if you stay focused and you have the faith and the trust and the patience, and let's face it, you didn't really need to have your patience for too long. You know, I don't think I'm, I am unique at all. And I remember okay. about 10, 12 years ago, I heard the analogy that a plane when flying is off course over 95% of the time, but the pilot just keeps correcting over and over and over and it reaches its destination. When I first heard that, I thought, that's the story of my life. I didn't even have a course until I turned 30. Then I dared to write my ideal. That set my course. Then I think the vast majority of the time, especially at first, I was probably totally off course, just overwhelmed with doubts and fears or just completely forgetting my dreams and getting swept up in this problem or that detail or this you know, relationship hassle or whatever it was. All these things that take us off course. But I did just a small percentage of the time. I kept coming back to it. I kept remembering it. I kept affirming that in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way, I'm now creating a successful company. I'm now writing a wonderful book. I kept coming back to my affirmations, and it got me on track. And I, I realized you don't have to be on track all the time. A lot of very successful people are extremely neurotic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and you can't be. I mean, you can't be. You can't yeah. always be in the top of your game. Right, right. I've met people who think they always have to be. They always have to be in high energy to create. I said, no, you don't. I, I'm low energy a lot of the time. Some days I have very little energy, so I don't do much. <laughs> I love talking to you because it's almost like you're saying, I'm just lazy. <laughs> I am lazy. Oh I've, I've never been a morning person. I never show up at work before usually one thirty or so. <laughs> and there are days, I mean, my, my family laughs at me, where I'll get up at 11 or so, and I have my strong latte, double shot, and some days I'll just, I'll go back to bed. There are days when... I mean, normally when I have a double latte at 11 o'clock or so, I get some really good energy. Mm. But some days I don't. Some days I don't. Some days I'm still kind of dragging if I stayed up real late or something. And I will, I'll literally go right back to bed, lay down, do my middle pillar meditation. Maybe I'll fall asleep, but I'll do another, say, 45 minutes relaxed or so, and then the energy will come. So I just wait. I'm, I allow myself to be as lazy as I want to be. That's part of my dream. My ideal scene to be as lazy as I want to be. You've got your wish. <laughs> and when you're lazy long enough, what will happen? You'll naturally, some morning, wake up with tons of energy. 
and you really want to do something, and you'll have great energy. You know, each week, I don't do Mondays either. So each week when I come into the office, Tuesday afternoon, I'm working at a really efficient level. I have high energy. I'm whipping through 150 emails. There's no place I'd rather be. And I tell the people that work 40, 50-hour weeks, half those, half the time, you're not being productive anyway. Right, that's true. You hit that mid-afternoon slump. Mm-hmm. It's far better to just go take a nap or take a walk or something. Get mm-hmm. away from it until you can come back to it refreshed. So I just work as long as I have energy, and then when that energy's gone, I'm gone. I can imagine what I'd be like if I had a double espresso or something like that. I mean, I'd be in the stratosphere. You know, I have enough. I have, I have such a high. I wake up like running. <laughs> oh yes, you're like I lived with Shakti Gawain for five years. You're like her. She was like that. She would sit up with all this energy. She couldn't touch coffee. Me, I would sleep another two three hours, and I'd get up. And even with a double espresso, it takes me another two hours to get up to like half her energy that she wakes up with. It's just amazing. (laughs) Has anybody checked your blood? I mean, is it like really low in something? (laughs) I have no, no, not. I'm real healthy. I have a low blood pressure. I've been totally healthy, knock on wood, for all my life. Since I found out her true healing, I've had no problem. Mm -hmm. And that's what's interesting, too, is when you talk about, you found out about true healing. You know, um, because as I was reading your book, I was like, there's a lot of this is what people learn as an energy therapist, how to do these things, because we're talking about shifting energy. And a lot of people, you know, they'll come in for a treatment and they'll say to them, okay, you need to get rid of the negative thoughts. And the way to do that is to do affirmations to bring in positive thoughts. And that really will help you to heal. People don't believe it until they do it. And I don't know why it is that we, we as a society can't get used to the fact that really it's simplicity. There are so many yes. simple things you can do, and people don't, they won't buy into it because it's not a drug, it's not a surgery, it's not coming from somebody who went to Harvard and, and you know, and graduated at the top of their class, and, and now whatever it is that they're doing, they must know better. It, they just don't seem to grasp the simplicity of it all. I think you really explain it well in your book. I think your book really is, is something that anyone, again, can do, but you just have to sit down and, and you know start to read it and go through it at, at your own pace. I mean, do it at a slow pace if you choose to do so. I think the more you incorporate into your life, the quicker you'll see things change. Would you agree with that? Being, sure, being definitely. The, the sloth that you, you self-profess to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, it's funny. It is tr- It's funny <laughs> because it, when people read something uh, in a book, you know, and your story is so fascinating and you, you've, you've managed to manifest all that you have the way that you wanted to, I think sometimes people can start with something that's, more material and see the manifestation because when the emotions get involved, I think that gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Because yes, yes. it's harder with the emotion to, to have the faith and the patience and the, because that's what it is. It's energy in motion and you can't calm it down sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah the, the real challenge, it, it's all internal. <clears throat> like mm-hmm. Eckhart says in The Power of Now, he sums up what I learned so precisely. He just says, get the inside right, and the outside will fall into place. Mm-hmm. And how do we get the inside right? We dare to dream, and we 
focus on that dream mentally, and then we emotionally keep loving that dream, keep the emotion of love behind it, and deal with all the fears that arise, all the doubts. We deal with those. There are many ways to deal with those. And I, I talk about many of them in the book. Therapy's uh-huh. good. Body works good. Zen practice of just let that thought go is yeah. very good. There's all kinds of ways. There's the core belief process that I have in the magical path. This, this whole little process is great when you feel all this anxiety or any recurring frustration. It's really good to show you what that underlying belief is and then show you how to change that belief. Yes. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I was going to ask you, you know, we live in challenging times and we're all aware of that and nobody's certainly disputing that, but there, there is a way out and it's through what you write about your chapter, time and money and the core belief process. And I wanted to ask you if you wouldn't mind expanding on that since it is such a pertinent topic right now. Yeah. I, when I look back on things, I live in a different world, a completely different world than I used to in my 20s. My world in the 20s was one of scarcity, total poverty. It was so hard to make any money. I didn't even dream of succeeding. It was just like survival, scrounging, a word we used all the time, scrounging to come up with just enough money for rent. I remember even thinking back then, though, that it was almost magical the way I just came up with my rent every month. <laughs> just, you know, I, I didn't know I was a magician creating, mm-hmm. you know, we all are. But usually we create just barely enough, you know. Right. And and then I did, I took a wonderful workshop when I was 28 years old led by a man named Ken Kais Jr., who had written a book called Handbook to Higher Consciousness in the 70s. His contribution to humanity was what he called a core belief process. And it's just eight questions to ask yourself. They're in the book. And it's best done when you're upset about something because you really say, okay, what what's going on physically? What's going on emotionally? What am I telling myself? What's going through my mind? Then you even say, what's the worst that could happen? Right. And then you see your, your worst fear. Then you say, what's the best that could happen? And that you end up putting out an ideal scene, really, for that thing. I've done this uh, hundreds of times. I worked with Ken Kais for a year on his staff. Literally, I've done it hundreds of times with hundreds of people. In every case, when you get into what's the worst that could happen, we launch into it really quickly. And then you say, okay, what's the best that could happen? And there's a pause. And people go, hmm. Right. They have to think about it, which just shows us that we've been focusing on our fears and not right. on our dreams. So then you get to that best case scenario and you say, okay, here's the best that could happen in this situation. You come, And then you say, why isn't that happening now? Why isn't that happening? And whatever reason you come up with, that's your underlying fear. You've nailed it. I went through it with money, for instance. And I mm-hmm. came up with, well, it's not happening now because I'm a fool with money. I'm out of control. I just don't understand it. It's beyond me. That's what I really thought in okay. my 20s and early 30s. Then once you nail that fear in as simple words as possible, you find an affirmation that directly counteracts that. 
and affirmations, and I found this through experience, not through having to come to believe it. Affirmations, the right affirmation is powerful enough to overcome deep underlying negative beliefs. Mm-hmm. I came up with the affirmation. My belief was I'm out of control. I'm a fool with money. The affirmation I came up with is I am sensible and in control of my finances. I am creating total financial success in an easy and relaxed manner in a healthy and positive way. I said that literally probably several thousand times over the next few years whenever anxieties would arise. I was almost bankrupt. I was 65000 in credit card debt in my early 30s. Huh. And that was in the early 80s, so in today's dollars, it was a at lot. Least, you know, 150,000 or something. Mm-hmm. I could way more than I I wasn't making enough to pay the minimums on the cards. Mm-hmm. So I, I had all this anxiety around money, but I started affirming I'm sensible and in control of my finances. I'm creating total financial success in an easy and relaxed manner in a healthy and positive way. That was the right affirmation for me because it felt good. Mm-hmm. And after doing it a while, suddenly things did become easy and simple. It dawned on me, oh, managing money is really very easy. You just need to make more than you spend. Right. I remember when that occurred to me, it was like, duh. <laughs> yeah, that had never occurred to me before. <laughs> That's what an idiot I was financially. Oh, no, yeah, there's a lot gotta... of people that doesn't occur to when they're in their 60s and 70s, you know? <laughs> I, know. I know. It occurred to me in my early 30s. Uh, yeah, i got to make more than I spend. Okay. That's sensible. And I started affirming that, and then I started getting ideas on how to be more sensible and in control, what steps I needed to take, and... And in a year or two after I started doing that, I was out of debt totally and started having some savings and got on top of the financial game. It's amazing. It really is an amazing story, and it worked for you. And I think, you know, in putting it in this format in the book, it will work for others as well. That was probably one of my favorite chapters in your book was that one, Time and Money in the Corporate Process. It it has already worked for a lot of people, and I tell a few of those stories in the book of mm-hmm. people that have come to a seminar on the verge of bankruptcy, and then they start affirming, and everything turns around very quickly. Shift in energy. You can you know energy is. I mean, this is energy awareness radio. It's pliable. It's malleable. You can you can mold it and and change it however you want. You just have to, like you said, you write down what the affirmation is that will work for you. And yep. if you find an affirmation that you like but it doesn't seem to be working, tweak it. Tweak it yep. so it works for you because it has to hit your core belief system. So it has to do something. Like you said, you have to nail it as to what it is that the, is the problem and then counteract it with a positive reinforcement. But it has to make sense to you. And not all affirmations make sense to everyone. So you kind of have to tweak your own and come up with it. But, boy, do you have a lot in the book. And one of them actually in that chapter um, is is you know it's very clearly written in the Bible as you say it's uh, Job um, and you shall declare a thing and it yes. will be given unto you and light will shine upon your ways and yes. you know so it's like you shall declare a thing so ask it will be given unto you you will receive and light will shine upon your ways and you'll also be guided further down the road and things will continue that way. Yep, those keys have been right there in the Bible for two thousand years. Yeah, nobody Where's really that? looked at them. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I even I remember wondering around pondering 
why affirmations work, because I saw them work in my life. And it led me to think, well, where did we get all these negative beliefs? They're just things we were told mm-hmm. or things we heard in the media. The media mm-hmm. is the worst. The ads on the media, we see thousands of ads. So many of those ads are saying, you're not good enough. You need this product. That's basically what they're saying. The mm-hmm. Hidden Persuaders was a great book. They're persuading us we're not good enough as we are. We need something else to be healthy, happy, fulfilled. We need their product. We're not enough as we are. We're just being told that over and over and over, and it leads us to start doubting ourselves and to believe that life is a struggle. It's hard to succeed. So few people succeed. You know, We can just go down that road of doubts and fears. And as, as James Allen said in As You Think, one of my favorite books, uh, the original is called As a Man Thinketh. This was a quote I read when I was about, oh, I don't know, maybe late 20s. And I put on my wall in huge letters until I finally realized it. And the quote was simply, you will become as great as your dominant aspiration. If you cherish a vision, a lofty ideal in your heart, you will realize it. It's told with such authority. Just like mm-hmm, the Bible, yes. just like ask and you shall receive. Just right. like, and you shall decree a thing and it will you know, come to you mm-hmm. and light will right. shine in you. Total authority. Well, that's true. What we focus on becomes our reality. If we focus and then have a lot of doubts and fears, if we have more doubts and fears, that they overwhelm our focus. And then, unfortunately, the doubts and fears become our reality. Right. That's what I think people don't get. They'll say, but I'm focusing on this. I'm focusing on good health. I I keep saying the affirmations, but how many doubts and fears do you have? Because if they outweigh your focus, you know, it's it's a scale. It's a balance here, and then you really need to have the scale go the other way, you know, and it will happen faster. And if you have total trust and faith, it will happen almost instantaneously, which kind of is the case with you. I mean, let's face it, you know, you're you're in all this debt, and within two years you're out of it, and, you know, that's pretty cool. (laughs) It, it was a pretty fast turnaround, and it became very simple once I really got that affirmation. It became very clear, what do I need to do? Oh, well, uh, I need to spend less than I make. I need to get control over my expenses, and I need to, with my startup company, get a better distributor that pays us on time. Our distributor hadn't paid us in six months. They were going bankrupt when mm-hmm. we had our problems. So, oh, I have to find another distributor that pays us on time, and we got to really watch our expenses and start making more than we than we spend. It, it was very simple. I think what you just said before that just reminded me. I think one simple way to put it is, in some mysterious way, we won't understand. We can't really understand the whole process of creation, but we can set it in motion. And in some mysterious way, the universe says yes to every thought. You can say mm-hmm. So when we say, I'm going to go for my dream, I am now living the life of my dreams in an easy and relaxed manner, the whole universe says yes, and even starts whispering in our ear exactly the next step to take. Mm-hmm. But then if our next thought is, oh, but it's so hard to succeed. So if you right. succeed, mm-hmm. the universe says yes, it's hard for you with that thought, yes. 
fact, it's really hard. I'll show you how hard it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I answer that one quick. (laughs) I think that's the process. So, yes, our doubts and fears can just overwhelm our dreams. So we need to just keep coming, get back on course, keep affirming that dream, and keep taking the next few little steps. And they're always just small little steps, and small and doable little steps. The greatest goal is a bunch of small little steps. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. That's right. And all the more reason for you to make these magical passages into cards so that I can shuffle them and I you know, I can just pick. You're the publisher and you own the company. You can do this. They're not gonna charge True. you. True. <laughs> I yeah. you know, I was looking at your cover and I'm like, if you took the picture off the front and then use the unleash the creative power within you and create the life of your dreams and put it around it so you have the little man there. That would be the back of the card and the front of the card. I mean, I have it all done. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just well, have to do it. <laughs> yeah. That's a great idea. That's my great tip idea. to you. So, yeah. Kim will be really glad she set this interview up. Oh, great. More work. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but that's okay, you know. Um, now, you say that you try to give away the essence of what you know every time you speak, even during interviews such as this, which I believe you do. But for our listeners, what is the essence of what you know. Mm. I have said it. You can say it in many different ways. But I have said it. I think the essential thing is simply daring to dream mm-hmm. what you really want, the, the ideal life for you. What kind of life do you want to be living in five years? Who do you want to be? What do you want to have? Outer and inner. The outer stuff some some people have conflicts between the outer and inner. They're both essential, you know. So don't worry about wanting a certain amount of money and wanting a certain amount of success and a, a nice house, whatever it is. The outer is fine. Of course, the most important thing is inner. What do you really want to experience as your ideal scene? Don't you want a life of inner peace? Don't we all want peace? We want peace and prosperity in our lives. We want abundance. Whatever it is, focus on the outer and inner. Dare to dream. And then just start tuning into your inner guidance and ask, what's the next step? What's the next step? Make a, make a plan. Make even a one-page plan on paper of your five-year plan. And start taking those steps. Let the plan change over time. But just dare to dream and do something every week or so to move yourself toward that dream. And then deal with the doubts and fears that come up. They're inevitable, and the most important work is dealing with them. Go to a therapist if you have to. Do Zen meditation. I know that helped me a lot. Or the core belief process. Or talk to a friend. Whatever you need to do. Deal with your doubts and fears. That's the most important work. And I think... I think the uh, meditation is so vitally important. You know, it's really a shame that we take little children, they're, you know, they're new here, they've never been used, and we put them in school systems and we start to teach them to doubt themselves. You know, oh, you can't do that. Yes. Oh, you don't know how to draw. Oh, you don't know how to do this. When you look at a child before they go to school and you see them playing, they are living in the moment. They are in the present. They are not thinking about what's coming next. They're doing, living in, this, in, in that state of Zen right there. Emulate that. Go into meditation. And people say, well, I don't have time to meditate. And I've said this so many times. You don't have time not to meditate. You get more time when you do meditate because your life flows better and you don't run into the obstacles that you do 
as when you do not meditate. At least yeah. that's what I have found. Have you found that to be true as well? Oh, yes. And and I, I am lazy, I, but I found even a minute, a minute of meditation. Yeah. You have a minute, you know, pause between, you know, what, pause between emails and take one minute and relax your body with one breath, relax your mind with a second breath, let all thought go, and just relax deeply with a third breath. That's sometimes that's all I do, but I do it several times through the day, and you can feel the effect immediately. Stress just dissolves. We mm-hmm. don't need to come from stress. We don't need to be stressed. Stress is self-imposed. We can relax and come from a place of ease. And in fact, that's what mastery is. The great masters, like the great artists, we appreciate, play with ease, work with mm-hmm. ease. You know, a great it's image. amazing. No, go, go ahead. ahead. It's it's amazing because I see people who come in and they'll say, I don't have time to meditate. And I'll say, okay, remember before technology and texting and emails, how much time you had? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. That's saving us time or talking on the phone at night. You talk to your friends on the phone. Yeah, cut the conversation five minutes short. Sure, you can cut five minutes short to meditate. I can't stress that enough. And yet people will tell me, I just don't have time. And I'll think, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I'll get up an extra half hour early if I know I have a particular – if I have clients coming in at 6 in the morning, which happens sometimes because they want to go to work, I'll be up at 4.30 so I can meditate for a half an hour before I start my day because I want to be – it sets the tone. And people think, well, that's crazy. And I'm like, no, it's not crazy. It works wonders. When I started meditating, my life changed exponentially. Exponentially. And yes, like you said, it works for you. I think it would work for everyone. I think people probably start teaching those little babies. Teach them to meditate. They'll do it. Mm -hmm. They want to do what daddy is doing. They'll just sit Mm -hmm. there. They won't watch. They're sitting there. But they will copy you because you're who they love and who's bringing them up. And they will say, I want to be like that. You know? Uh, It's it's sad when you think about what's happening to the kids. But they shouldn't have to go through figuring this out on their own. Yeah. There is a great thing that a therapist once taught me called lowering the gradient where, okay, if you, you're not disciplined enough to do a half an hour, do five minutes. If that mm-hmm. doesn't work, do a minute. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work, do a breath. When those clients come to you and say, I don't have time to meditate, you can say, okay, right now let's take one breath. Yep. As you exhale, let all thought go. There, yep, you that. just meditated. Mm-hmm. Do you have that yep. much time through the day? Can you find that much time? What was that, 20 seconds? Yeah. yeah. Most of the time I'll say to them, set your kitchen timer for 60 seconds, sit down, and just breathe. <laughs> yeah. Keep breath in. Keep breath. You will see how quickly it goes by, and you'll think, oh, really, I feel better. Because you'll probably get in, a person who doesn't breathe the way a meditator does will probably get in, I don't know, maybe they'll get in six or seven breaths in that time. I pretty much do. I mean, my breath in and my breath out is very long. So when I'm in yoga and they're saying breathe in and breathe out, she's on the third breathe in, and I'm still breathing in from breath one. I'm, I haven't right. even exhaled yet. You know, so Good one minute. Yeah, one, one minute. minute. One even minute. one breath. I talk about this in the Magical mm-hmm. Path. My Zen teacher said we can all do Zen and we can do it in one breath. Just take a deep breath. He said focus on something. Or even close your eyes, but you can look at something too, and then as you exhale, let all thought go. Mm-hmm. And he said, "That's it. That's Zen. That's meditation. Yep. One breath. Talk about lowering the gradient. Okay. Can you do you have? Can you let thought go on one breath? Yes, we can all do that. Okay, you meditated. That's it. Just do it again and again. 
Yep, and they should teach this in driving school. So when you're at a red light, keep your eyes open and just breathe in deep. And seriously, there'd yeah. be a lot less road rage. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. oh. I mean, here in California, you have to see it a lot. I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> it's crazy here. It's crazy. But yeah. I think L.A., I've been on that freeway. Oh, oh my L.A.'s God. nuts. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm up in San Francisco where it's really – I'm in Marin, north of San Francisco. It's very easygoing. Everybody's laid back. It's it's really nice. There, I never see road rage. One time, I I cut a guy off. I didn't even see him. I was really unconscious for a second. I don't know what I was doing, but I cut right in front of this guy, and he flew past me and flipped me the bird. You know, oh, gave me a nice. and I remember I just I burst out laughing and just <laughs> said sorry. You know, and, and he put, then he just laughed. He said okay. Yeah. I, I usually like, oh, God bless you. you know? Yeah, I'm Great sorry. I, I didn't see you. I, I'm glad you didn't hit me. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for keeping me safe, you know, and I'll keep everybody else on the road safe. It's funny. A woman came into yoga once and snapped her mat down. That's the first time I learned that you could snap a yoga mat. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. snap a yoga mat like a whip. And she wow. was so mad. She was complaining about I almost didn't make it here. And I said, it's yoga. You know, it's yoga. Calm down. It's okay. But think about this. Maybe you were behind somebody who was slow because it was supposed to prevent you from maybe causing or getting into an accident. Maybe you wouldn't have made it here. You just don't know. Yes. And she was like, oh, yeah, I never thought of that. And she had a better yoga class because of it, but it was so funny. I mean, she came in so enraged. I thought, it's yoga. <laughs> We're supposed to be like coming in here calm. You know? yeah, there's something a little ironic about being stressed out to get to your yoga class. You yeah, know? that's what I thought. I was like, oh, my God, hurry up. I'm going you know, yeah. you need hours of yoga. You know? <laughs> major, major shavasana for you. You know, it, it is funny. It's, it's just it's absolutely amazing. Though I can't believe it. We're almost out of time, Mark. Uh, it, it's crazy. This, this hour, it always goes by fast with you. Your last book is wonderful, too. And I have to say, The Magical Path, Creating the Life of Your Dreams in a World that Works Well for All is something. You know, the holidays are coming up. This is a great book to give somebody, give yourself, give your family. It's a great, great book to give as a holiday gift. Yeah. But before you go, I really would love it if you would tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and where they can purchase your book. Great. That's wonderful. We even did do a special limited edition hardcover of it that you can get through newworldlibrary.com for $50. The the paperback's only 15.99. But if for a gift, it would be something. I do a signed numbered limited edition. We just had, did 500 copies. And that's available too. And they can get it on newworldlibrary.com. Or if they want to find out anything about me or hear more stuff about me and everything, it's markallen.com, M-A-R-C-A-L-L-E-N.com. That's great. You know, it, it is a wonderful thing, and I love hardcover books, so those are keepers. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. this book has so much information in it that you would just refer to on a regular basis. It's one of those books that you'd want in hardcover. You, you really, really would. So, yeah, that's a great. I'm glad you did that. That's really neat, a limited edition. That's really wonderful. Oh, God. Be sure to pass the word along, people. If you like what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, share it with your friends. Send the link to the show so that they can be made aware of all the wonderful things that are offered on our program because all of my guests share their time freely. They give us a minimum of 60 minutes of their day to help us all, and they do it at no charge. So you pay nothing for the wisdom and knowledge that you're getting here. So make sure you spread the word and tell everybody, okay, you know, 
listen to this show because then they too will be able to grow and learn and make this world better for absolutely everyone. And I really appreciate your time so much, Mark. I really do. I, I'm so grateful that you came back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, T, for having me on. I, I love your show. You're doing thank good you. work in the world, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm trying, you know, as we all are. Everybody is. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T-Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another great show. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantum-wellness-center.com. And let's see, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Take care, stay well, and remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. So thank you all very much for tuning in. I appreciate it very, very much. Have a good week.